listeners to season six, episode 17 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char and my pronouns are she, they. And I'm Kelly and my pronouns are they, them. And this week we're wrapping up our Halloween movie nights and our sixth season <gasps> by watching Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers from 1988. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be something you can make quick while Michael's walking towards you. This episode will contain discussion on animal death, sexism, and gore. If any of these things are something that you need to not hear about today, feel free to skip this episode and we'll see you next season. Yes. We'll be right back. <laughs> uh, so I called this drink the Shape Cider and I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm exhausted. 2022 has been exhausting. So this one is slapdash together. So what I wrote is that you can make it quickly while Michael's walking towards you. But hell, you can make it quickly when your kids want to go trick or treating or something. Ooh, bring um, it with you. Yeah. So literally just grab a can of cider and uh, pour it together with a shot of fireball. And that's what I made. Do you have any specifics? Does it is it meant to be an apple cider? Because that's what we have. Or no, nope, probably like doesn't any- matter. I don't know. I feel, right. like, I feel like a pear or um, like a peach one might be weird with the cinnamon, but um, I go for it. Whatever you got in the fridge, whatever your heart <laughs> tells you. And yeah, that's the point. It's supposed to be easy, which honestly, first of all, we know this drink is good because we've had it before. But also, I think that the fireball is what's going to make it feel like a fall cocktail, fall cider, whichever cider you end up choosing. For me, apple cider is also like a classic fall beverage. I love apple cider, especially in the fall. It just makes me think of like apple picking. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because like a lot of places here advertise cider as like a summer drink. Like it's cool and refreshing and you drink it while it's hot out, you know. True, Um, true. But uh, I don't know. I agree. I think apples and ciders in general are very fall-ish. I found a lot of recipes for like warm up cinnamon hot whiskey and put it together with a cider and then rim the glass with like cinnamon and sugar mix and then cut up some apple slices and put it in the thing. And I was like, wow, that sounds awesome. I'm in, I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it, but all the power to you. (laughs) I even put it in a Mason jar. So that just shows how much this is supposed to be easy. (laughs) I was like, I guess you could also use like non-alcoholic apple cider. That's perfect. And then if you to replace the fireball, I would just uh, add some cinnamon simple syrup. Mm, So then you've got your apple cider and your cinnamon. It'll be a sweet drink, but it'll be good, especially if you get a carbonated cider that's non-alcoholic, which is harder to find. But they do have them. Yeah. Don't try to use your soda stream with anything but water because it will freak (laughs) out and explode on you. Which I know trying to make sparkling wine that one time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much to our patrons for helping keep this show alive. We are so grateful to you for being with us. If it was since the beginning, if it was since the start of the season, or if it was just a few episodes ago. We're so excited. So thank you, Nora D, Nicholas G, Jacob M, Diana S, Ollie A, Aiden T, Jackie V, Roxanne B, Les Represent Podcast, 
Pauline D, and Aubrey L. Thank you all so much for sticking by us. Yeah. And I hope you are not as exhausted as I am. I hope your 2022 has been less exhausting. <laughs> yeah. This week, it's Halloween, which means we are watching Halloween 4, The Return Whoa. of Michael Myers from 1988. So if you have just started the show with this season, you don't know, but this is a tradition. It's Halloween. We got to watch the Halloween movies in order. And so far, we've made it up to Halloween 4. Mm-hmm. I can't wait until we get up to the really wacko ones. But Our season of The Witch one is also a watch along episode. So if you want to go watch season of The Witch and have us talking... While you do so, that's available for yeah. you. It's better than DVD commentary, baby, because it's, it's us. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> In this film premiered on October 21st, 1988. The screenplay was written by Alan B. McElroy, and it's directed by Dwight H. Little. It stars Donald Pleasance as the tireless Dr. Sam Loomis. Ellie Cornell as older sister slash babysitter Rachel and Danielle Harris as eight-year-old final girl and foster sister Jamie Lloyd. This synopsis was taken from Wikipedia because I shit you not, there was one on IMDb that was like eight pages long (laughs) and I couldn't even will myself to read it to edit it down. It's the novelization. Wikipedia (laughs) coming in hot. Yeah, a novelization, yeah. On October 30th, 1988, Michael Myers, who has been comatose for 10 years since the explosion at Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, is transferred to Smith's Grove Sanitarium by ambulance from the Ridgemont Federal Sanitarium. Upon hearing that he has a niece, Michael awakens and kills the ambulance personnel, causing the vehicle to crash into a river. Michael escapes and makes his way to Haddonfield, while his former psychiatrist, Samuel Loomis, learns of Michael's escape and gives chase. He follows Michael to a gas station and eatery where Michael has killed a mechanic for his clothes, along with a female clerk. Michael escapes in a tow truck and causes the gas pumps to explode in the process, destroying Loomis's car and disabling the phone lines. Loomis catches a ride to Haddonfield to continue pursuing Michael. Meanwhile, Jamie Lloyd, Laurie Strode's daughter and Michael's niece, is living in Haddonfield with her foster family, Richard and Darlene Carruthers, and their teenage daughter, Rachel. Jamie has nightmares about Michael, though she knows of her uncle, she does not realize he is the figure in these nightmares. On Halloween night, Richard and Darlene go to a party and leave Rachel to babysit forcing her to cancel a date with her boyfriend, Brady. After school, Rachel takes Jamie to buy ice cream and a Halloween costume. Michael arrives in Haddonfield and steals a mask from the same store that Jamie and Rachel are visiting. He almost attacks the former, but flees when she screams. That night, as Rachel takes Jamie trick-or-treating, Michael breaks into the house and finds photos of Lori in Jamie's bedroom. Loomis arrives in Haddonfield and warns the new sheriff, Ben Meeker, that Michael has returned. Michael heads to the power station and kills a worker by throwing him into a transformer, plunging the town into darkness. Michael then attacks the police station, killing every officer inside. A lynch mob is formed by the townspeople to kill Michael. Meanwhile, Rachel discovers Brady cheating on her with Sheriff Meeker's daughter, Kelly, and loses track of Jamie. After being chased by Michael outside, Rachel finds Jamie once again. Sheriff Meeker and Loomis arrive and take the girls to the sheriff's house where Brady is with Kelly, along with a deputy. 
They barricade the house and Loomis departs to look for Michael. Brady tries to talk to Rachel, but she refuses to speak with him. Michael sneaks into the house and kills the deputy and (laughs) Kelly. Rachel and Jamie flee to the attic while Brady stays off to fend Michael and is killed when Michael snaps his neck. The girls climb through the window onto the roof and Jamie is lowered down safely. But Michael attacks Rachel and knocks her off the roof, rendering her unconscious. Pursued by Michael, Jamie runs and finds Loomis. They take shelter in the school. But Michael appears and throws Loomis through a glass door, then chases Jamie through the building. Jamie trips and falls down a flight of stairs. Rachel reappears and subdues Michael with a fire extinguisher as he escapes. The lynch mob arrives and four of the men agree to drive the girls to the next town. Along the way, they meet up with the state police en route to Haddonfield. Michael, who hid underneath the truck, climbs aboard and kills the four men. Rachel takes the wheel. Rachel takes the wheel. Uh, throws Michael off the truck and then rams into him, casting him into a ditch near an abandoned mine. Sheriff Meeker, Loomis, the remaining lynch mob and the state police arrive. Jamie approaches Michael and touches his hand and he rises. Meeker, the state police and the lynch mob shoot Michael until he falls down the mine. Loomis and Meeker take Jamie and Rachel back home as Darlene goes upstairs to run a bath for Jamie. She is suddenly attacked and screams. When Loomis investigates, he finds an emotionless Jamie holding a pair of bloody scissors at the top of the stairs, reminiscent of Michael when he killed his own sister. I should add here that she's wearing a clown costume exactly like the first movie. And they even do the like cut out eyes scene (laughs) on, on the camera. When Loomis investigates, he finds an emotionless Jamie holding a pair of bloody scissors at the top of the stairs, reminiscent of Michael when he killed his own sister. Loomis screams, no, (laughs) repeatedly and attempts to shoot Jamie, but Meeker stops him. Loomis sinks to the floor and begins sobbing as Rachel, Richard and Meeker stare in horror. And that's the end. Honestly, that was pretty long for not much happening. But hey, we'll get to that (laughs) later. Hit me with that trailer audio. He's here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God. Who's going to be next? The return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop it. That was pretty good. That was great. That gave us everything you would want to know. It's another Michael Myers movie. Look at all the cool kills. Bunch of screams and murders and and explosions. Exactly what you would expect. Yeah. And Loomis is there. It's pretty much all you need. Yeah. They played the song. Good job. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't didn't have uh, masks latching themselves onto kids and then melting their faces into bugs. Nope. All right. That sounds like a real Halloween movie. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have thoughts on this movie? I would love to open the floor. Uh, A couple. Yes. Um, I'm not going to delve into cinematography and uh, metaphors and stuff like that for a fucking (laughs) Halloween movie. I have to say there was a comment on that. uh, We totally got that trailer off of a totally legal place but the dvd was, yep um it was on youtube and the, one of the first comments was like this is one of the better sequels i mean and i'm I'll, like i'm turning to you what do you think about that all right i'll do my second point then first um okay. so we much like most um 
slashers that we watch marathoned all of the movies in a row when we first saw Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember at some point when we were watching Halloween that I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> it's honestly probably one of the more rocky series in the slasher, the old classic slasher purview. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a, a film series that's mostly just a dude in a mask walking slowly towards people it's wild how much they go off the rails and do like not even like weird wacky fun shit like friday the 13th going into space in space yeah yeah (laughs) it's always just michael in a william shatner mask walking towards people and stabbing them with things but then they start introducing like really weird things i don't know if you remember i mean i didn't i didn't remember any of the next movie until about the um, H2O. H2O is my favorite Halloween. And then uh, all of the Rob Zombie ones. But the next two movies get really weird in a kind of not fun way, uh, revolving around Jamie. Mm. Um, And it's a big chunk. Like every three movies, well, excluding the two, uh, Rob Zombie ones seem to be like a story. Also, I guess not Season of the Witch. Ignore everything I'm saying. The quality <laughs> of this franchise is buck wild and gets worse from here. Mm. Um, Halloween 2018, I think, was about the time where they realized why people liked the first movie and mostly just did that again. And that was great. Yeah. Uh, and for whatever reason, you like H2O. <laughs> what we just watched that this halloween and it was great it was all right um but yeah like this one get off my podcast (laughs) all right goodbye uh this one like isn't terrible but it marks the start of just a spiral down um i would agree with that for sure yeah and then like what resurrection was the one yes that they went into the like haunted house so after H2O, they had the weird one where they're in a haunted house that turns into a real Michael murder. And then they scrapped all that and Rob Zombie got two ones. And then they scrapped all that. And then it was 2018, which scraps everything before that, excluding two, I think. So between 82 and 2009, the owners of this franchise decided we messed up. <laughs> Get rid of all of that. Starting fresh. Lori versus Michael some kids that's all we need um, why can the mcu do this and not halloween um i the mcu adds multiple universes and stuff like that if there was like an alt like a metaverse of michaels <laughs> and they all met <laughs> and tried to kill each other or e- out evil each other i don't know um that'd be fine and i'm i say this my first okay so my first point actually was going to set up my feelings towards this i don't fucking care I, i'm not judging these movies for having weird continuity problems <laughs> they're fun slasher movies that came out for halloween and people went and watched them and they're a cult classic for a reason yeah cuz you watch some people die and dude's wearing a jumpsuit and has a william shatner bleached mask and that's it yep. that's fun um, so yeah, I just, I think of all of the classics that we've seen, we haven't watched all of, um, uh, Freddy or Hellraiser. Um, we've seen some, 
a lot of Hellraiser, but yeah, I don't think I think there's still some very few. There's more Hellraisers than I thought maybe there was. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm, We've I'm totally seen off base. Three Four? Hellraisers of oh, okay. I wanna say like twenty or something. What? Holy cow. Okay. Uh, That's a whole other side note, but Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Somebody linked me that there's more Hellraisers than you would possibly think. I think it also includes maybe TV movies and stuff. Anyways, forget all that. Um, yeah, I just remember, I think we finished Halloween and I was like, I don't know. Friday 13th is much better than that. Chucky, also much better. Leading into my first point. Okay. Which also kind of covers, it's very convoluted, the lineage of Laurie Strode. <laughs> In the existence of this franchise, this movie introduces a child of hers for three movies. And then H2O introduces a different child of hers. Um, And she's alive. Yes. But they do it in such a way where it seems that she faked her death. That's true. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. maybe now that I think about it, maybe Jamie is canon. And she just abandoned that child and then had another one when she became principal of closed off school. That's so sad. Um, which I mean is fine. After a traumatic event like that, maybe you thought that the kid would be better off because you're being stalked by your brother, which I don't remember that being introduced into. Regardless, the lineage of Laurie Strode is strange because <laughs> then she has a son in H2O and then doesn't in Resurrection, I believe, and then isn't in the Rob Zombie ones. And then she has a full ass family of of offspring in the 2018 one. And again, I'm not judging the, this this franchise for having strange continuity because different directors, different eras, different whatever. But it's not the only franchise that has tried to have a, like a continuous character. And I do think it is the one that does it the worst. Chucky has Andy, which as strange, like Andy goes to military school or something like that and then isn't mm-hmm. and then becomes like a social recluse and then follows the cult and does all of, and now he's in the TV show I think we didn't watch all of the TV show um but at no point was it did they no, at no point do I feel like they had to double back and be like no you know what Andy didn't do that sorry never mind <laughs> yeah. um and then he, Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th also kind of had a buck buck wilds like he went he also kind of went to a school for troubled teens learned karate but then became like the guy that is hunting Jason through the trees and you meet him kind of like Rob in one of the Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, we haven't finished Hellraiser, but I am told that it does have a pretty solid th- through line of their characters. Um, some of them become more powerful over time. But uh, I don't know. I just think it's funny that they couldn't nail down what they what kind of child or in what circumstance they wanted Laurie to have a child. Yeah. It's also because they kept like being like, this is the last movie. We're not doing it anymore. Oh, but it made so much money. Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> now she's dead. Now she's not. Now she kills herself. Now she's not in it. Now she's alive again. It, uh, um, honest- we got Jamie Lee Curtis back. She's alive. <laughs> oh, Jamie Lee Curtis left. She's dead again. um and then pour one out for loomis i mean he was the most stable until the actor passed away unfortunately yeah yeah um maybe maybe these directors of slasher movies don't know how to handle women maybe circling her entire later storylines around her offspring was a questionable choice 
because all the male examples that I've said just sort of grew up and became like the the heel to the main villain. Quite an interesting point. That's so true. They were like, she's got to have a kid. Let's make it a better kid. Yeah, we have to. I mean, yeah, D- Michael's her brother. She had he has to fight her kid. She they, they, he can't be hunting anyone else other than her offspring. Mm-hmm. Um and handled a lot of her trauma very poorly. Uh and very like roller coastery. Some of them her trauma's good, some her trauma is handled poorly. I don't know. As I said, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to analyze this movie from a very like metaphorical or cinematic standpoint. I just think it's buck wild how inconsistent this franchise is. You're allowed to think that. I mean, you're not wrong. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. This season of Drinking and Screaming would not be possible without the support. Sorry, would not have been possible without the support of Mad Lab Distillery. With us since the very beginning, they're Canadian. We're Canadian. We love them. And we really hope we'll get to see them next season. You can support them and the show by trying some of their handcrafted products. You can go to their awesome stuff at a private liquor store near you or at Mad Lab Distilling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. And you can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com. You really want to follow us now because you don't know. We don't even know when season seven's coming, but it'll come. And that's the only place you'll find out. For more information and to buy some merch, go to drinking and screaming.com. Let's stalk little strodes back to the episode. <laughs> And uh, and not great. Several of the Halloween movies are bad. I mean, that segues perfectly into my point. Perfect. What are your points? <laughs> I've got three and I'll start with my number one because it does talk about the quality of the film. So first of all, I do want to say finally, finally, as if the last movie was so <laughs> arduous. Oh, God. One movie. We're back to what we want. So it's a classic slasher with good old Michael Myers actually killing teens, etc. I do think there's some creative kills in here. We've got people strung up in chains. We got the transformer explosion with electricity. We got fire. We got literal pure thumbs shoving into a guy's skull. <laughs> um, arms being ripped off, etc. But this was really mediocre for me. Mm. It was okay, but it wasn't great. And I feel like it was... I started off this point saying, we're finally back to what we want. <laughs> and actually, we're not really. We're getting there because we're back to it being a slasher, but we've lost actually seeing the kills happening. A lot of these were more just displayed bodies rather than getting to see Michael perform the acts of killing them, which I find is one of the more entertaining parts of these movies. Mm -hmm. So that was a bit of a letdown to me. You didn't like like seeing um, B plus. Well, C plus. (laughs) You didn't like seeing Michael's leavings. It was fine, but I would have liked to see the act. It's like when you find that your pet has like pooped or puked somewhere and you can't find your pet and you're like, where are you, Michael? Michael, did you puke over here? And then Michael's gone and you're like, I need to find Michael and chase him to Haddonfield so he doesn't puke in more people's houses. (laughs) (laughs) My 
next point is a throwaway point that has to do with animals as well, because that synopsis doesn't mention the dog in this movie, which is a glorious dog <laughs> named Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Is there a cuter name for an animal? I don't think so. And that dog was super cute. And that dog did not die at all. It was totally fine. Yeah. It just took a nap in the closet while all the humans dealt with Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Which is smart. <laughs> and then my last point. I got to call out, as most of these films have, extreme layers of sexism, gender stereotypes being upheld. The patriarchy is rampant in this film. And I'm going to basically pin it down to one character, which is the father, the foster dad of this Mm. movie, who sucks shit. (laughs) There are so many instances of him... Of the mental load. So like keeping track of a household and doing all the chores, being totally thrown off of him and onto the mom, his wife. He just expects her to do everything and just doesn't even ask her to do things, but instead angrily shouts out her name when things go wrong. Like he stains his tie. I think it like dips into his coffee or something. (laughs) And then he's like, Colleen or whatever her name is. And then she immediately knows what he's complaining about. Oh, there's another tie next to your dresser. (laughs) And he goes over there and he's like, Colleen, not on that side, the other side. And it's just, oh, my gosh, grinds my gears. It's a bummer that he didn't get killed by Michael. They set him up as such an unlikable character that would get killed by Michael. Well, I feel like at the time of this movie, people would be like, yeah, you know, regular household. This is a generic morning of people getting ready for work. Yeah. And then later in the movie, she uh, the kids aren't home when the parents get home from their party. The lights are off and she's like, oh, we should call the Carters. I'm worried about this. And he just goes, you should call the Carters. (laughs) And I can't laugh while saying it because it's so dumb. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Not worried for his kid or foster kid at all. Yeah, I mean, he kind of gave off the uh, the aura of somebody who has a foster kid for like the the payouts, like the money that you get Ooh. for fostering a child. Um, yeah, big dad failure. It's I mean, also, it's not, it's a shame that Jamie didn't kill him. She kills the mom. Yeah. Who took care of her? Yeah. Sad. Should have killed the dad. Yep. But that's it for me. Nice. Good job. Thanks. Yeah. I saw someone posts about the Halloween franchise that the entire franchise would be different if Judith just kicked her six year old brother in the chest when he came at her with a knife. Uh, and I agree. Should have gotten him while he was young. Look at all the trouble they had to go through for 40 years. Decades. Yep. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, a curse that has lasted for longer than 40 years, this uh, this leather bound book has been in my family for generations. And, oh. uh, you know, I'm just I'm sick and tired of it. It sits around all day mumbling. It's weird incantations whispering to us in the night and haunting our dreams with all of its strange macabre stories. Oh, wait, this is just the Halloween novelization. Never mind. Forget that book. We're going to open the record. Zoom just asked if I was playing music. (laughs) I am singing Zoom. Thank you. (laughs) Anyways, my recommendation is Your Next from 2011. 
Uh, it's a home invasion slasher with a very interesting concept. Um, I won't spoil anything, so you'll have to go watch it to find out what I mean. That's your next from 2011. That's a good recommendation. And I don't think we've done it before, whereas mine, I'm pretty sure we've definitely <laughs> done it before, which is Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon from 2006, which is a mockumentary of a serial killer I we've totally recommended yeah, it before. Definitely. It's great. And it references this film a lot in the, you know, got to get the cardio in to look like you're always walking when they turn around, uh, which is Behind the Mask from 2006. We've also done it on the show. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it and then listen to that episode. We had a we had a guest and I believe they recommended it. Rosemary's Lady. Yeah. <gasps> Scary fact. This is the part of our podcast where we invite the whole family, all the Strodes, from young to old, from canon to not canon, to hang out in our massive bed, reading some <laughs> trivia facts about their old uncle Michael, that old that that man walking around murdering the family line, um, and uh, we look behind the scenes of the movie. And we invite you to join us in this massive Strode pile. <laughs> Starting with the budget, which is estimated $5 million. They made it back already and more during their opening weekend in the U.S. and Canada alone, which was $6.8 million. But gross worldwide, they're at $17.8 million from this film. Hmm. I mean, I'm honestly not surprised with any of these movies. Yeah. A well-established franchise. Gotta make some money. Yeah. A scene was filmed to bridge the story with Halloween 2, 1981. It was a flashback to the final part of part two with a scene where Loomis is being tended to by paramedics when he sees the burning body of the shape. Loomis exclaims to the EMS technicians to let him burn. But they douse the flaming body of Myers despite his pleas. And I thought this was interesting because a similar moment occurs in Halloween Kills from 2021 with Laurie screaming, let it burn after she sets her house on fire with Michael trapped at the end of Halloween 2018. Nice. Maybe it was an homage to that deleted scene. Yeah. That is always my pet peeve in these kinds of movies when they set the thing on fire and then like 10 seconds later, put it out. Yeah. Like nothing that did nothing. Yeah. You light the Demogorgon on fire and then five seconds later you put it out. You you afraid your house is going to burn down the Demogorgons after you. Forget the house. Burn yep. it down with the Demogorgo. Burn it with fire. Yeah. This one I thought was cute. So it involves child actress Danielle Harris. Just so she wouldn't be scared, the guy playing Michael, George P. Wilbur, would often lift up his mask between takes to remind her that they were just making a movie and that he was not really going to hurt her. She also revealed in 25 Years of Terror when her character runs through the neighborhood screaming for help, someone actually called the cops. They didn't let people know what was happening, I guess. So she says, I was banging on doors, yelling for someone to help me, help me after I got lost trick or treating or something. So four o'clock in the morning, they're hearing a little girl screaming up the streets and someone called the cops. The cops came. Then the story ended up in the Inquirer that I was almost kidnapped off of the set. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I feel like you should probably tell people in your neighborhood when there's going to be screaming. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think about us and like we've lived downtown Vancouver. We've lived all across Vancouver, which has a lot of filming activity. We don't really get that much notice about anything. 
there are like pages that get taped up in certain areas yeah. if it's in a public space and like your building door might get one of those but we never are aware of things happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I used to work, there's like a famous back alley in Vancouver that's used for literally every movie. Um, <laughs> if you watch uh, Deadpool, the first Deadpool movie is probably an easy example. He's like he runs into the back alley to chase after his uh, girlfriend. And that's the ba- back alley. Um, we used to get posts that would say like shots are going to be fired in the back alley. So don't worry. It's not real gunfire or like it's going to be converted into like a hellscape. So don't be afraid if it looks like there's a bunch of (laughs) demons in the back or something. I don't know. Um, So I've seen it a few times, but yeah, there's definitely like uh, a lot of CW shows that will film. And then there's like explosions on the top of a parkade. And it's like, Oh, (laughs) that could just be a real explosion. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is cool because it's something that like wasn't meant to be, which is that the girl, Lindsay, who drove Rachel and Jamie to the discount mart where she gets her Halloween costume was going to be revealed as Lindsay Wallace from the original Halloween. She was going to have a much larger part in the film as Rachel's friend and helping her babysit Jamie. But that was cut for budgetary reasons. The third boy hanging out with Brady and Wade in the drugstore was also meant to be Tommy Doyle from the original film. So a lot of missed opportunity there, which is too bad. I am curious because it felt like a lot of scenes were cut from this movie. There's a moment where Loomis grabs Jamie and he's like, don't go home. That's the first place he'll look for you. We got to go to the school. And then the school is the first place Michael looks for her. So I feel like there was probably scenes that (laughs) Michael goes to her house and kills her parents or like find some. I don't know. Felt felt very disjointed. Yeah. Also, we caught this while we were watching the film that Jamie's name in the original script was Brittany or Britty Lloyd, but was changed to homage Jamie Lee Curtis by calling her Jamie instead, Hmm. which is what we were thinking. And yeah, we were right. Yeah. We know what's going on sometimes. (laughs) We watch a lot of movies. (laughs) This was also cool. They weren't filming during fall, so they had leaves imported and squash was painted to look like pumpkins. They had to like nice. bring truckfuls of leaves to put everywhere. <laughs> hmm. Okay, that's better. I can't remember what we were watching, but there was a story about them dumping like, I think it was like the inside of like uh, um, diapers or something to be snow. And oh, we were, yeah. And we were like, that has to be bad for the environment. So at yeah. least the leaves, even if they're out of season, would just rot on the ground. Yeah. Seems strange they didn't just use like styrofoam or something for the pumpkins, but I'm sure you can get fake looking pumpkins. Mm-hmm. This is another thing that we called out while we were watching the movie. So in the schoolhouse, Michael's mask appears briefly with blonde hair. So this mask was the original type chosen for the film. However, it was decided to go with a design with brown hair resulting in reshoots. The mask with brown hair was chosen to match the style seen in the first two films in the series with the blonde haired mask appearing only in the schoolhouse sequence as a mistake. Wow. You pointed out that he gets gets shot with um, fire extinguisher mist. And I um, thought it was like out of order, which but, would have made much more sense. But but no, it was just the wrong mask. Wow. I they mentioned budget cuts in an earlier one. And I can see having to reshoot every scene with Michael not helping with that. Yeah. Don't worry. We've got more reshoots coming Uh-oh. down the pipe with the scaredy facts. But first, 
I think this is my first blink and you'll miss it where I actually missed it. And I'm curious if you saw it or not. Apparently, also at the schoolhouse, a construction paper cutout of Michael Myers can be seen on a door on the second floor of the school, just as Jamie and Dr. Loomis climb the stairs at around one hour, 13 minutes. Hmm. And I did not see that. I saw a lot of like paper cutouts in that scene because it almost looked like they had like an art thing with the kids to like do bodies in motion cutouts um i went was that a mistake like that was a prop they didn't forgot to move or was it a no i think it was just like a they included it as like a funny thing huh interesting but i didn't see it so now next time i watch this if i ever watch this again i'll have to keep my eye out I mean, I could definitely see some shit kid at Jamie's school being like, Haha, I made Michael Myers cut out. Yeah, nah. yeah, totally. OK, last scary fact. Something had to be done to acknowledge the improbability of Dr. Loomis's survival from Halloween, too. So the filmmakers gave him some burn scars on his hand and the right side of his face. Halfway through production, the actor's girlfriend watched some of the dailies with him, which is like the scenes that were literally shot that day. And rather bluntly, but accurately blurted out, look, Donald, you've got an egg on the side of your face. And from that point forward, the makeup was toned down with all the scenes refilmed that looked that way. (laughs) Still, an editing error resulted in some of the old footage making it into the finished film, which is why Loomis's scars seem to change from shot to shot in certain scenes, which is exactly what I was pointing out. We totally caught this while we were watching it, but. It literally did look like an egg, like it was so thickly put on. And there was this weird like dot in the center of it that stuck out in such an odd way. But then later it was gone. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's weird. I mean, that's both weird that they messed up or not messed up, that they changed their mind for a lot of these things. But then it's weird that it was messed up, that the footage was used of the old. Strange. Yep. But that's it. Final thought. Yes. Um, I don't know. Halloween. I don't know about you. I don't know if I enjoy you on average. There's some of the movies I like and you've got your place in history, but I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Halloween. (laughs) Oof. And that's your favorite holiday, too. So that's sad. I mean, there's other Halloween themed movies that I like (laughs) that do it better. (laughs) My final thought is very on the same vein. Meh. This is a good one. If you're marathoning these, you can eat a meal during it or, you know, refresh the snacks at the table, go to the bathroom, skip it. If you're just watching it for fun, I would say. Fair. Well, that's been Halloween Four: the return of Michael Myers, a movie about Dr. Loomis becoming the new final girl of the franchise. <laughs> and that wraps up our sixth season of Drinking and Screaming. Ah! We'll be back with a holiday horror special in December, but you'll have to wait a bit longer before we come back for season seven, because like any good killer, we will be back. That's the wrong one. And remember, always scream responsibly. Thank you for 
for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.